Good morning, everyone. 22 days to Christmas, like three weeks. Does anyone have their shopping done? Nobody started. Oh, somebody? Somebody's? Oh, a couple? You're making us all feel bad. It's coming quick. Um, I do want to emphasize again, I know this card was um, on your chair, but just here's a thought for you. Just pull out your phone, take a picture of it. It's really important. These are, we have so many different service times coming up, but I don't want you to forget them because also you can give this as a service invite. Uh, next few weeks, we've got normal service times, but with Christmas Eve, uh, New Year's Eve is online only. So I just want to emphasize that as well. So please um, avail yourself to all of this information on the back of the card, and then you can also use this to invite somebody during this Christmas season because people will come to church during the Christmas season because we're celebrating Christ, Right? You know, don't be afraid to say Merry Christmas to people, but you don't have to be obnoxious about it. You don't have to be mad if other people aren't saying, if someone says Happy Holidays, Merry Christmas. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't help. But it's okay for you to say Merry Christmas and don't be mad if certain stores and different places have Happy Holidays and not Merry Christmas. You, You be the Christmas person. You're a follower of Jesus, right? All right, that went over really big for everybody. You know, when, when we get to Christmas time, I was watching a Christmas movie the other night, and um, you know, there's so many interesting phrases that we use at Christmas time. And one of the phrases being used in this movie is they were searching for the Christmas spirit. And we're like, we kind of know what that means. We know that they're not talking about the Holy Spirit. There's, they're talking about some sort of other way of being that we should be at this time of the year, perhaps. Or there's like something else. There's something in the air, something in the ethos at, at Christmas time for the majority of the world who is celebrating the birth of Christ. And uh, one of the songs I was listening to in the radio in the wind, it's just, there's this phrase, something about Christmas time. But that was Brian Adams. So it's a Canadian artist. We're not sure if that's a good song, because they have to play it on the radio anyway. What is the thing about Christmas time that we're celebrating? What is the different thing? Um, Really, I would say that there's hope for something else. When we remember the fact that the Savior came, and in this time of the year, we're singing all of these different songs, and we're singing about, as we sang this morning, joy to the world, the Lord has come. And we'll sing this also in the mall right now, that God has actually come in the flesh, and it means something to our lives. We know that it has meant something for world history, but what does it mean to us personally, and does it actually change our lives? When we think uh, about Christmas time, you know, we, we remember, uh, we, we actually know that Jesus wasn't born on December 25th. We don't exactly know when Jesus was born, but the church historically has chosen this time of the year for multiple reasons to celebrate the birth of Christ. And when we think about that, this, this birth moment, it, it's special, again, for the world searching for something, but this should be special for us as Christ followers every day. This is not something that we reserve at Christmas time for the fact that a Savior came, because we know that the Savior has already come to us, that we celebrate this fact every day that we worship Christ. When we think about the holiday season, holidays are fun, but they're also not easy for a bunch of people. Um, You know, a lot of people are, we have some um, church family members here that have lost loved ones, and this will be their first Christmas without their loved one, and so that's going to be a difficult time in the midst of celebrating. And, and working through all of the difficulties and the busyness of the holiday season where we're celebrating, 
But then we're super busy. Anybody busy for the next 22 days? I mean, there's parties and stuff going on and planning and you're hosting, you're going somewhere and there's staff parties and you know, you're getting together with your family, right? You love your family, right? Now we're getting together with our family. We're going to be with them. We're going to be with the easy ones and we're going to be with the hard ones because that's what we do because they're our family. We're going to be hanging out with them. But when we take the truth of actually what happened at Christmas time and apply it to our lives and hearts, it can truly be meaningful, not just in December, but throughout the year. But let's look here at part of the Christmas story in Luke chapter two, verse eight, it says this. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy that will be for all people, not just some people, for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord, celebrating the fact that the Savior came and there was this proclamation, there was this declaration from the angels. What is it? I bring you good news of a great joy that will be for all people. So the fact that Jesus came, he came for all people, that God is interested in all people having a relationship with himself every day, not just in December, not just special days uh, throughout the year, but this is something that we would actually know God for ourselves, this declaration, this proclamation of joy in the midst of a difficult time. When we look at the history of Israel in this moment, it was a, uh, it was a difficult time. It, it wasn't an easy time. But the, in the midst of the difficult time, the proclamation of joy comes. And we might all say that we're, we might be facing stuff and some difficult stuff, but in the middle of that difficult stuff, the angel shows up and said, the Savior's here, and it's good news of a great joy for all people. And when we hear this phrase, good news, we know that good news means gospel. And really, this was a borrowed phrase. What the Caesars would do, the rulers of this time, that they would have a gospel according to, and then they would insert the Caesar's name. And what this was mean, that under this specific Caesar's rule, this is how life will be. Like we would describe one of our political leaders, maybe, here's our, our platform, here's what we're running on, and here's what life is going to be like under our rule, and they all fail. I'm not mad at politicians this morning. Um, but we know that this is what the Caesars would promise. This is what they say life under us will be like this. And so God was using this phrase, underneath my son, here is the declaration, great joy for all people. Not just I'm going to fix your life on the outside and like the Caesars would say, we're going to charge you this much taxes and we're going to do these things for you. But here, God, this declaration was speaking to joy, something for inside of us, something for our lives that we could have every day. And when we think about this family, Mary and Joseph on their way to Bethlehem nine months pregnant, traveling on a donkey. How many know there, there might have been some family moments on that trip? right? We're going to have some family moments. And this is what I love about Mary and Joseph. They're a real family in a real time. It wasn't, it never, ever land far, far away. This is a real time in a real sense. This is, that actually took place. We have extra biblical information that describes this. So there's real people with real family with real issues. 
And in the middle of that understanding, in the middle of that context, the declaration of good news for great joy for all people still would come. This is something that we desire. This is something, the need for all human hearts. Again, that what is the Christmas spirit? We desire something else. What, what is it about Christmas time? Well, it is about the story that's being described in here that God is actually providing something for you and I for our lives. And there's this declaration, this proclamation of salvation. And when we think about salvation, it is this place that we operate from, that because of what Jesus has done, that he came and he was born of a virgin and he died on the cross, God raised him from the dead. And because of all of that, we are living from this place of joy. We are living from the victory side of life that God has made a way for us. He has declared it. He has said it. He has provided salvation for all. Now, the word joy might be a little bit hard to describe. We know that joy is one of the fruits of the spirit. The scripture talks about joy. Really, the word joy just means delight. It's not just happiness, because we would say, and you might have heard it said, that happiness just comes from happenings, so that our happiness quotient can go up and down. We're happy today and this, this is because this thing happened and this thing didn't happen, well, I'm not happy anymore. Joy is separate from that. Joy has to do with, again, this declaration that God made with the angels, joy for all people. This would be a characteristic on the inside of us, delight. The experience or the practice of gladness, experiencing gladness because I'm in a relationship with God and then I'm practicing it in my life. Joy is also the essence of taking, of having Jesus taking top residence in your life. This is when we experience joy. Good news of great joy for all people. And we, of all people, should know as those that say we follow Jesus. We are the ones that should experience and declare and practice gladness in our lives. First John chapter one, verse one says this, the apostle John writing this, that which was from the beginning, which you have heard and which you have seen on our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. So here, John, the apostle John is one of the, one of Jesus' disciples. He was like, we saw this in action. We saw Jesus in action. We saw him with our eyes. We touched him with our hands. And what did he say about him? He is the word of life. The life that was made manifest and we haven't seen it and testify to it and proclaim to you. We declare it, the gospel, the good news. The eternal life, which was from the Father, was made manifest or showed up to us. Verse three, that's which we have seen and heard, we proclaim to you also, so that you too may have fellowship with us and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with his son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. This practice of gladness, this delight in our soul, not just happiness, not just the momentary things that go good and then we're happy and then, and then we're sad after that. Know that there's something in our heart. There's something that connecting with God with a true and honest and genuine relationship provides delight and gladness in the midst of all circumstances. 
Psalm 67, verse one. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine us so that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. May the people praise you, God. May all the people praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you rule the peoples with equity. In other words, there's no favor with God that God provides salvation for all nations and guide and nations of the earth. May the people praise you. God, may all the people praise you that we would sing for joy. Why? Because salvation has come. Salvation for our hearts. This connection with God as we continue to practice delight and gladness in him, joy for all people. This is something that God has provided for us. And do even as we were singing this morning, joy to the world, the Lord has come. Man, that should excite our hearts. That should make us glad. Yeah, but Pastor Brent, what about the happenings in my life? And what about the happenings? Yeah, I get it. I live in the same world that you do. But this thing is for our hearts. And we bring what's in our heart to the circumstances of life. This is what God wants us to experience. He truly wants us to know his joy. We sang about it today. The joy of the Lord. Not the joy of my circumstances, because my circumstances are going to fluctuate. The joy of the Lord, something God provides. What is it? It's my strength. So I could be strong regardless of what's happening. Well, are you pretending, Pastor Brent, when things are going bad, are you pretending that you're still strong? No, the joy of the Lord, the joy God provides in my heart is my strength. My my happiness might fluctuate, but joy doesn't because God doesn't. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. The scripture says, I am the Lord God. I change not. Circumstances will change. God doesn't. The joy of the Lord is our strength. So we can practice delight in the midst of the struggle, in the midst of the just the family situations that Mary and Joseph might have been experiencing in this specific time. We can have God's joy. This is the declaration in the Christmas story. Great joy for all people that God provides the joy that we need. So we have the capacity for joy. The question is, will we yield to it? Will we choose to be joyful? The scripture says, famous uh, verse in Psalm 23, there's a table spread before us. Where is it? In the presence of my enemies. So in other words, God makes provision in the midst of the things that are opposing you. And what's on that table is joy. One of the things, one of the provisions that God gives is there's joy in the presence of my enemies. Not when everything is great. Because when everything is great, you're happy. You're thinking, I don't even need joy. I'm happy today. But in the presence of my enemies, the table is spread. One of my Bible school instructors would say it like this, Lord, I need a big bowl of joy today. (laughs) Why? Because I'm I'm in a situation where something's opposing me. Well, in the middle of that, God is providing a table. He's spreading a table 
Some of you are gonna see some beautiful spreads this Christmas charcuterie, right? You're gonna go, it's gonna be a spread. There's gonna be some cheese and meat. And if you're vegetarian, fruit and vegetables. (laughs) And it's gonna be a spread. And this is what God does for us every day. In the presence of our enemies, the table is spread. So the question is, will we access the resources of the Christian life. What does God provide for me? A great joy for all people. And this declaration was in the middle of a really hard time for a whole nation and an individual family. The declaration still came. Will we abide in joy? John chapter 15 When we think about joy, this is one of the things that it is true as we talk about the character and nature of God. God's joy abides, but will we abide in the joy? John 15 is describing that he is, uh, that he's the vine and we're the branches, that we should and on purpose abide in him. John 15 verse nine says this, as the father has loved me, so have I loved you, abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandment and abide in his love. Verse 11, these things I have spoken to you that your joy, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. That his joy would be in you. Again, this not talking about something external. Joy in us delight, the experience and practice of gladness. We could choose the resources that God provides if we're choosing to abide in the vine. Psalm 16, 11 says this, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Such a tremendous verse. In your presence, there's fullness of joy. You're gonna get busy this Christmas season. You You might get overwhelmed a day or two, a moment or two. But in the middle of those moments, what should we do? Should we just give up our hand, throw up our hands and be like, oh my gosh, it's over, it's too much, I can't handle it all. Or should we just go to the presence of God because in his presence is fullness of joy. In his presence is what we need, delight, the practice of gladness. When we remember who God is and how big he is, the circumstances that we face look small. When we remember how big God is, We know that he can provide the solutions that we need, the encouragement we need in his presence, his fullness of joy, and just by way of practice. Some people do it different ways, but if you you have a a prayer from the scripture, or if you have a favorite worship song, just, just center yourself again on the presence of God, the name of Jesus, God our Father. Just bring yourself back and be like, Lord, I remember in your presence, 
is fullness of joy. Amen. Proverbs 17, 22. A joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. In other words, right from the inside. But what is a joyful spirit like? It's like a joyful heart. It's, ah, it's good medicine. The practice of gladness. And again, with our, our worship that we do every week, it's a little bit the practice of gladness. We're reminding ourselves about how good and powerful and strong and full of joy that God is. And so we're practicing his presence in our lives. Because why? Man, it's good medicine. It's the thing we need. We can't OD on the presence of God. There might be a bottle or two in your house that could be a problem if you took too much of it. But God's presence is not like that. It's good medicine. Another thing is there's joy in salvation. Psalm 51 verse 12 says, restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me because that's what we need. We need to be sustained. This is the desire of every human heart. This is the something different that we're remembering that came when Jesus came. The salvation, and I just love what the psalmist is saying, restore, I need to remember, Lord. I know that at that moment where I said yes to you, or that moment where I had an experience in your presence, restore to me the joy of your salvation. Because there's truly joy in the salvation. This is the proclamation from the angels. This is good news of great joy for all people, and I'm included in all people. I am the one who is in need of a savior. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Isaiah 61.10 says this, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall exalt in my God. For he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. I love that. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness as the bridegroom decks himself like a priest with a beautiful headdress. So what are we? What are we? We're ensconced in the garments of salvation, covered in the garments of salvation. Do we remember that? Or do we forget it in the midst of the happiness, ups and downs? That, that we would rejoice in the Lord. That I have garments of salvation surrounding me. He's covered me with the robe of righteousness. Reminding ourselves about how good God is. John 17 in Jesus' high priestly prayer, it says in verse 12, while I was with them, I kept them in your name, talking about the disciples, which you have given me. So he's talking about his disciples and then therefore by extension us. I have guarded them and not that any of them has been lost except the son of destruction, that the scripture may be fulfilled. But now I'm coming to you and these things I speak in the world that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. And this is what Jesus is praying for his disciples. That God's joy may be fulfilled in us, that we would delight in God, that we would practice 
and experience God's gladness. Isaiah 12, verse 2 says, Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord himself is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. With joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. Don't we think the wells of salvation are deep and full? How are we going to draw out what we need? And really, again, the metaphor is like, I'm, I'm going to drink something. I'm going to drink the necessary thing for my heart and for my soul. How am I going to do it? With joy. I'm going to practice gladness, experience God's gladness, delight in the Lord, remind myself that I'm not, that I am saved. I'm not an orphan. I have a father. I have a father in heaven who knows my name, and I am his child. With joy, I'm going to draw from the wells of salvation. And then finally this, there's joy in thanksgiving. I know know a lot of people have commandeered thanksgiving um, like they thought of it. You know, thanksgiving was before Oprah. Even though Oprah has like commandeered the idea that she was thankful journals, but you know, there's thankfulness in the scripture. And w- when we see here in the scripture that one of the things that we can experience joy by is thanking God. Colossians chapter 1 verse 11 says this, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks the practice of gladness. When we remind ourselves that we're covered in the garments of salvation. To the Father has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. You have an inheritance in God. What is part of that inheritance? Joy in his presence. Thank God for that. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Psalm 71 verse 23, my lips will shout for joy, joy to the world. The Lord has come. Amen. Let the earth receive her king. What about my heart? Not just the earth. Not just the other people. Will I receive the joy God gives? My lips will shout for joy when I sing praises to you. My soul also, which you have redeemed. And finally this. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 16. Rejoice always. When things are going good, rejoice. When when there's a moment to be happy, then you rejoice. When things are going well, that no, you you rejoice all of the time. You delight yourself in the Lord all of the time. You practice gladness all of the time, not pretending that things you might be facing a struggle, but in the Lord, in who He is, we rejoice because He is the same. I am the Lord God. I change not. He's the same. Pray continually. Yeah, but I don't feel like it. 
That's why this is here. (laughs) So we're not consulting our feelings, that we would continue to pray, that we would continue to rejoice. And then finally this, giving thanks in all circumstances. And I want us to be clear on the English language here. Give thanks in all circumstances, not for all circumstances. Because God is not providing these negative things in our lives. God is not destroying you so then he can then pull you up. God is a savior. But in all circumstances, regardless of what's going on, regardless on where we are on the mountain, whether it's at the top or in the valley, the practice of giving thanks is what we should be involved in. Reconnecting ourselves to the joy of the Lord, giving thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God. What is the will of God? Not the circumstance, the practice of thanksgiving. This is the will of God for all of us to be thankful. Let's practice it right now. Let's take a moment. Let's all bow our head and close our eyes. God, we thank you for your word today. We take a moment and remind ourselves that we are covered in the garments of salvation, that you have covered us in a robe of righteousness. And we are so thankful, Lord, that we would be lost without you. So we are so thankful that we have received salvation, that we have received the declaration of the angels, this gospel presentation God, we choose in this moment to delight in you. We set aside the circumstances for a moment, not pretending that they're not there, but Lord, we focus on you and we know that in your presence is fullness of joy and the joy we receive in your presence will give us strength to walk out and do all of the things that we have to do in our, in our family, in our home, on the job there's joy in your presence. We delight in you. We practice and experience gladness, Lord, in you in this moment. God, you are so good, so good, so good. This is what you call us to, Lord. This is your will for us, that we would be thankful, that we would remind ourselves, Lord, that you are the giver of life, that you are the giver of all good things, that there is no shadow of turning in you but you give good gifts to your children. We love you for that, Lord. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you for who you are to us. You are our Lord and our Savior, but you are also our Father. And we are your children. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, if you're here this morning, and you've never made that first time decision to say yes to Jesus. I'm gonna pray a prayer here in a second. That's just a starting point in your relationship with God. The good news, the gospel story is all about what we celebrate as it relates to Jesus, that he came, he was born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, died on the cross. God raised him from the dead. And because all of that happened, God provides for us a relationship with himself. And all we have to do is say yes. So if you've never said yes this morning, I invite you to pray along with me. Maybe you're here this morning and you kind of feel like you're distant from God. You know, and today's a really good day to come back home. 
You know, God is not mad at you. God is inviting you close to himself again. So you pray with me as well. So church, let's bow our head and close our eyes and let's pray this prayer out loud. Praying with somebody who might be praying it for the first time or rededicating their life to Christ. God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he lived a sinless life. He died on the cross and you raised him from the dead so I could know you. So today I say yes to your righteousness. I say yes to a relationship with you. God, I call you my father. Jesus, I call you my Lord. God, I purpose to follow after your ways. And I turn from my own. I thank you for salvation today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.